Hi, this week the question is, what does the Bible say about abortion? The issue of abortion has raged since January 22, 1973, when the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that, quote, a state may not interfere with the actual decision for abortion. Only in the last trimester may a state ban abortion, and even then, abortion may still be performed when there is danger to the life or health of the mother, end quote. And we're not surprised when atheists and pagans attack and destroy human life, but it is appalling and unbelievable that anyone claiming to be a Christian would become guilty. The Bible teaches very plainly that abortion is murder, and those who practice such shall answer to God for their ungodly deed. In Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19, the Bible mentions six things God hates. The second thing on that list is hands that shed innocent blood. Shame on anyone claiming to be a Christian and then murdering an innocent baby by abortion. And shame on any preacher who would not preach against this ungodly sin. Thankfully, after 49 years, the unconstitutional decision of the 1973 Supreme Court was overturned on June 24, 2022. The Supreme Court reversed the previous decision, stating the U.S. Constitution does not guarantee any woman the right to an abortion, and the matter is now in the hands of each state to enact it each its own laws concerning abortion. Because of trigger laws that went into effect the moment of the court's decision, it instantly became illegal for a woman to have an abortion in 17 states, if I'm reading the data correctly, and more states will likely follow. In this brief study, we will examine why abortion should be banned in all cases of pregnancy, even in cases of rape, incest, or even in cases where the life of the mother is in danger. First, the controversy surrounding abortion centers around the question of when does life begin? To this question, we turn our attention. Does the Bible teach a baby before birth is a living soul? The answer is yes, it certainly does. To Jeremiah, God said in Jeremiah 1 verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. This passage teaches very plainly that God recognized Jeremiah as a living being while he was still in the womb of his mother. In Luke chapter 1 verse 41, it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. It's obvious here that life begins in the womb uh, concerning John the Baptist in his mother Elizabeth's womb. How could the Bible say John leaped in her womb if he were not recognized as a legitimate living being? Perhaps the plainest passage illustrating life begins at the point of conception is Psalm 139, verses 13 through 15. There the Bible says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. 
David declares by inspiration that God knew him and cared for him within his mother's womb. Furthermore, he declares that God made him in the lowest parts of the earth, a Hebrew expression that describes the dark interior of the mother's womb. Now, since God has revealed in his word that life does begin at the point of conception, abortion is considered by him as murder. In Exodus 21, verse 22, the scripture says, If men who are fighting hit a pregnant woman, and she gives birth prematurely, but there is no serious injury, the offender must be fined whatever the husband's wife demands and the court allows. But if there is serious injury, you are to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. Notice here that the death of the baby within the womb resulted in the death penalty, and specifically the Bible calls it life, life for life. The life of the murderer shall go for the life of the unborn child. This is a consistent penalty since an unborn child is a living being. In Exodus 21, the scripture describes an unborn baby being killed by an accident. The man who struck the woman did not do this intentionally. He was fighting with someone else and accidentally struck the pregnant woman who got in the way. And yet he must pay for his crime by being executed. How much more shall God take vengeance upon those who purposefully take the life of an innocent baby. Before closing, let's look at some common arguments used to support abortion. First common argument is a woman should have control over her own body. Now we can understand men and women who are not Christians saying this, but it is admittedly difficult to understand how someone claiming to be a Christian could make such an argument. The scripture records this in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20. For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. A Christian woman cannot argue that her body is her own, and she may do with it as she pleases, because her body is not her own. The Christian's body belongs to God, and it is he that should have control. Furthermore, consideration should be given for the body of the innocent baby. Even if the mother could properly argue that she should have control over her own body, this does not logically give the woman the right to destroy the body of an innocent baby. Abortion boils down to this. Some women today do not want to be inconvenienced with a child. They think only of themselves. In 1 Corinthians 13 verse 5, the Bible says, Love does not seek its own. Surely, something is drastically wrong when a Christian woman loses all concern for others and seeks only her well-being. The second common argument is that Adam was not a living soul until he breathed. In Genesis 2, verse 7, the scripture says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The argument is saying by some that since Adam was not a living soul until he breathed air, therefore an unborn baby is not a living soul until it takes its first breath of air. Is this a valid argument? While it is true that Adam was not a living soul until he breathed his first breath of air, it is not true of Adam's offspring. Adam obviously was unique. No other being was created like him and his wife Eve. 
We have already proven from Scripture that God places a living soul within the womb of the expectant mother. And so there will be no doubt, the wise man Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 11, verse 5, as you do not know how the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the Word of God who makes everything. To equate the creation of Adam to the procreation of a baby in the womb is not an equal comparison. Well, thank you for listening to our message this week on Bible Talk. We invite you to visit our website at www.willofthelord.com. That's willofthelord.com. There are no spaces between those words. Willofthelord.com. There at our website, you may download the notes and the audio file of this message you just listened to. Just type in the word abortion in the search box and the message should appear. We invite you to call again next week when we consider a new subject on Bible Talk.